As I said earlier, um, we always try to make um, Anniversary Sunday a special day. Sometimes we have guest speakers. I think it was last year, maybe, that we had, was it last year we had the Jolly String Quartet coming? I think it might have been. Anyway, uh, and I was thinking this year of how to, how to, again, make this a special day to celebrate 37 years as Abundant Life Church. <clears throat> and I thought of my friend, Brother Bobby Sanders, when, I'm, when I became the pastor here uh, 20 years ago, uh, he was one of the first people I met in the community. And uh, he immediately became a friend and a, and a, a colleague in the faith. Uh, back then, y'all were doing some kind of a festival or something, outdoor festival, and we got involved in that a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, down through the years, of course, we're still friends. We served together on the lead committee for the Everyone's Wilson uh, ministry here in Wilson County. And uh, uh, some time ago, uh, I, I was privileged to be a part or be, be in attendance when Brother Bobby was uh, ordained as Bishop Bobby Sanders. And uh, he, he, his church is an interesting church. It was started, if, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but it began in 1936. By, the first pastor was Brother Gilbert Bryant. Name sounds familiar because that's our friend Tim Bryant's grandfather who founded that church. And um, Brother Gilbert pastored that church, if I'm not mistaken, 50 years and uh, you're looking at the second pastor they've ever had since 1936. <laughs> Brother Bobby became pastor of that church in 1986 and has been ever since. So he's a leader in the community, always has been a voice. They, they joke in our pastor's meetings. They try to call me the godfather of pastors. I said, no, it's, it's this guy right here. It's not me. Uh, but uh, so I immediately thought I'd like to have Brother Bobby, my friend, come and share the word with us. And, and uh, Sister Barbara, you need to stand up and turn around. Let everybody see how pretty you are. This is his wife, Miss Barbara. And I'm going to read you a brief bio so I don't mess everything up. Brother Bobby's a Mount Juliet native. You can count him. That's a that's a short number. Um, Educated in the Wilson County School System, attended United Electronics Institute in Louisville, Kentucky. He served with the Tennessee Army National Guard for six years. He's pastor of Corona First Baptist Church, Mount Juliet. Uh, he and Sister Barbara have seven children. How many grandchildren? She knows. Almost 30 grandchildren. Brother Bobby is a strong believer in marriage and has taught many marriage conferences and hosted numerous marriage retreats. He attended Lake Charles Bible College of Lake Charles, Louisiana, where he received a doctorate in ministry and theology. I know Brother Bobby leans and, and, and embraces a kingdom theology and preaching the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you that when he's at home, I don't have to tell you this, but when he's at home, his people help him preach. And so let's don't, let's don't disappoint Brother Bobby today. Let's help him today preach the gospel. And Brother Bobby, there are no clocks anywhere in this room. No, I don't, that doesn't count. That, that one's defunct. No clocks. You take his whatever time you want. Let's welcome the man of God, Bishop 
Bobby Sanders. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Praise the Lord, somebody. I said, praise the Lord, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. And uh, uh, my brother that's on the sound, if, uh, if you don't mind, just a little bit more volume. Larry's got a deeper voice than I do, and uh, he's been pastoring probably longer than I have, so I'm going to need all the help up here I can get. Thank you. That sounded a whole lot better. I, I, I was sitting here a few minutes ago when I first came in. I uh, I don't know where he's gone now, but I I went to your I went to your organist. I asked Larry. I said, "Who's the organist?" And he he called my my brother's name, and I for some reason I misplaced that name. But brother Chris and brother Chris came in meek and humble and like an organist is supposed to do. And and uh, I, I think he kind of knew what I was looking for. I said, brother Chris, uh, now somewhere in the middle of the sermon. I'm going to turn to you and ask you to give me E flat. <laughs> and Brother Chris said, oh, no, Lord, have mercy. That's probably not going to work. He said, both of us are going to get in trouble. If you ask me for E flat right in the middle of your sermon, you'll probably have to stop it. He said, I'd be sweating. I'd be uncomfortable. So somewhere, I don't know where Brother Chris is at, but uh, if he's still in the building, he might have went home. But that's <laughs> what I asked him to do. Wherever you're at, brother, wherever you're at, somewhere in that sermon, I still may ask you to just go up and just hit that E flat and just hold it for a few minutes. Don't let it go. Just don't let it go. You don't let it go till I take my hand down or something like that right there. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, surely to uh, my friend and brother, Pastor Larry Granger, uh, who has been a friend, I'm telling you, uh, but you know this. Your pastor is a very, very uh, influential man in the kingdom of God, especially in this community. He he doesn't seek uh, for credit. He's not braggadocious. He's not trying to be in the forefront, trying to get all the glory. Uh, I've watched him over the years, and he's a man of God that just wants God to get the glory. Amen. Uh, to Miss Ann, Miss Ann, I asked your husband, for, what was your first name? And he whispered it to me and said, well, now, some people call her that, and I, but, but maybe she don't like necessarily hear that all the time. So I'm just going to stay with Miss Ann. How about that? Miss Ann, we've been praying for you. Uh, you see, uh, you can't be so interested in your own ministry that you don't forget, that you forget about other people. And I know Miss Ann has been going through some uh, health issues over last few months and uh, me and my wife have just put you on our prayer list whether you know it or not and we've been earnestly praying and asking the Lord to continue to heal your body and a husband needs a, a wife especially a pastor amen so you got to get healed up real good here amen glory to God and to the abundant life family now I've, I've got friends in this place uh, co-workers that I work with over the years and uh Many other friends that I've labored with uh, through ministry in this community. God bless you for your uh, love and desire that you would open up this place for somebody like me. I'm grateful for my wife. Been married uh, in just a few months, 49 years. Just a few months, 49 years. Amen. And... Uh, We've, we've done a lot of things. We've been a lot of places. We've done a lot of ministry. 
I, I told Larry, we, we, we literally started off doing home ministry. And that was when I was just trying to find my way uh, into what I, God had called me to do. And we were doing home ministries. And we were having to go to churches and congregations to borrow seats, to borrow seats, to put in homes where we could have studies. And the churches didn't necessarily always appreciate that in that day because pastors thought you were trying to take away from their individual ministry. So we had to fight some battles. We fought some battles over, over the gospel. Amen. Y'all still with me? Amen. Your pastor said, now, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you don't come to me, I'll come to you. That's just the way, that's the way we do it. I was sitting there thinking a few minutes ago how uh, Pastor read, uh, quoted a few things about your church history. If you'd been in an African-American church or a black church, we would have had our church secretary come up. She would have had on a formal list about this long of the accomplishments of the church over 36 or 37 years. And she would have read those things by way of documentation. And that just shows you the difference in the way people do things. Amen. But you'd have had to sit and listen to how many pews you bought and, and who bought this in, in, in 1927. And who, come on, work with me now. That's just the difference in the way we do business sometimes. But it's all kingdom business, and it's all God's business. Can I get a witness? Amen. Now, I'm not near good a preacher as Larry Granger, but y'all going to help me a little bit. He's trying to tell you something. I need help. Glory to God. I've, to this choir, this praise team, these musicians, I just want to say this. That's good worship. That's good worship. Me and my wife, we know good worship. My wife is a serious worshiper. And we know good worship. And I'm telling you, that's good worship. Church, you ought to appreciate that. You ought to be standing up. You ought to be giving God the praise. If you got a worship team, listen, I know a little bit. If you come out here, they just don't come out here on Sunday morning and sing cold. Somewhere there's a rehearsal. Somewhere there's, there's a, a denying of self. To be a worship leader, you've got to do a lot of self-denial. Amen. And you do it on behalf of the kingdom. So, so when they deny themselves and, and then by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm telling you, you guys ought to boost them. If you're giving the Tennessee Titans more than you're giving them, God bless, God bless you. I pray for you. If you are. If you're down there at the, uh, the stadium and you're screaming and hollering uh, for number whatever it is, 44, 24, and, and, and you're not giving this praise team that kind of due diligence, I pray for you because they are way more worthy of that kind of praise. Amen. It's some game. First Timothy chapter 1. I, I've oscillated. I've oscillated. First Timothy chapter 1. I've oscillated on two passages of scriptures. I prepared all week long to preach Joshua 4 when I came in here today. And early this morning, my wife saw me get up and come out of our bedroom, go straight to the kitchen table, sit down. And, and I immediately went to First Timothy chapter 1. And I wanted to preach Joshua chapter 4 because Joshua chapter 4, I could have just started that rock and it would have rolled right on out the building. <laughs> I wouldn't have had to labor near as hard as I'm going to have to labor with 1 Timothy chapter 1. Amen. First of all, I just hadn't looked at it in a while. It's a pretty, not, not necessarily a difficult scripture to preach, but 
it, it, when you haven't familiarized yourself with something, you haven't been quiet over it and prayed a lot over it, then, then you have said, Lord, I'm going to need your help. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. And here's what the scripture says. It says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first, say first, first. say it again, first, first, Christ Jesus might show forth all long suffering. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life eternal. Amen. Amen. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I want to, uh, and I just didn't have time to wrestle with it hard, but uh, this is Paul's testimony to his young protege named Timothy. And for all those online, God bless you, whoever you are and wherever you are, all the membership of this great congregation. This is Paul's testimony to his young protege, Timothy, who now is an elder and, 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 and now serving in a pastoral capacity. And this is the question, or this is the statement I want to declare. That what he's done for me. I want to talk about what he's done for you today. I, I want to take you backwards in your own thought process and begin to ask you, what has, a, after 37 years of this congregation being in establishment, and surely because this season that we're currently in right now, this place would be an overflow. I know that. I know that this place, every pew would be occupied. I know that. But due to the season that we're in right now, folk are still wrestling with whether they're going to be online, virtual, or they're going to be in the house. And we're, and we're battling those same kind of uh, 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 things right now and where we pastor and worship. Folk are very concerned about COVID. They're very concerned about that. Folk have had it. Some folk have died in the midst of uh, contracting that. Some folk have come through it with hardly any symptoms whatsoever. So I know the modern day church is wrestling over that thing, but, but, but listen, for all those that might have had COVID in this building today, and you may not want to tell anybody, but if you've had it, and I, I, I'm going to ask you for one favor, just raise your hand. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Listen, so you know what I'm talking about. All these other folk, they're not going to say amen in a minute because they haven't been through anything. I know I'm surrounded with a group of folks that haven't been through anything. But all you COVID survivors, and when you look back over the list of over 500,000 folks that have died, 
that have contracted the virus and died. Whether you believe it or not, over 500 folk have contracted it and died. It's nothing to play with. You have to have trust in Almighty God. You have to believe that God is able to do exceeding abundant above all you ask or think. According to the power that he's graced you with. Say grace. Grace. Amen. Larry said I got a lot of time, but but really I'm not going to try to take a lot of time. I'm going to hit this thing and get out of here. Amen. You might not even have a chance to shake my hand when it's over. I'm just going to run out the back door. That's how fast we're going to do it. Say, that's what he's done for me. Say it again. That's what he's done for me. I've got to continuously remind and rehearse and go over every, all week long. Here's what the modern day church is failing to do. The modern day church is failing to rehearse. Like, like I said, the praise team goes to rehearsal. Well, while they're at rehearsal on whatever night they assemble on, that the, that the church, the assembly, the, the, the ecclesia should be assembling somewhere in your bedroom, in your living room, around your kitchen table, in your den. And you ought to be looking back over your life. You ought to be reminding yourself of just how good God's been to you. You ought to be reflecting over what he's brought you through and how he kept you and how he's led you and how he's guided you and how he's provided for you. Say provision. Praise the Lord. Anybody missed a meal in this season? No. Anybody have food in your refrigerator right now? Glory to God. Anybody, did you walk here today? Did you Uber or did you drive? You drove. You drove. You drove. God's been good to us. We haven't lost anything. We haven't lost a thing. And on top of that, They're making the government give us money back. You ought to shout for that. You ought to look back over your life and anytime the government writes you a check for anything, whatever you, whether you need it or you don't need it, you ought to be shouting happy because governments just don't like giving back money. They don't mind taking money. You just missed a deadline at nine in April if you made uh, two or three hundred thousand dollars and you haven't paid about twenty-four dollars. Miss that deadline and see how much they love you. Miss that deadline and see how caring they are about you in, in the season of hard times. So if the government gave you anything or you're expecting anything back from the government, somebody ought to be shouting happy right about now. I got a lot to praise God for. Me and my wife a few few days ago, like, like a lot of you guys have been doing, I'm just working. I'm just in the kitchen now. I'm stirring a little bit, sister. Me and my wife, uh, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a tax consultant that we consult, and, and we, we, we had already surmised back in November, we said, God's been so good to us that we're going to have to pay the government back a whole lot of money. And I, I, I just don't like it. I didn't want to do it. I, was, I, I wrestled through December. I grumbled around the house thinking, I'm going to have to pay a lot of money. Indeed, and I know, I know I'm just going to have to pay a whole lot of money this year because God, God is just abundantly blessed. He's op- he opened up heaven's wonders. Yeah, talk back to me, somebody. God, I don't know what he's done for you. I'm just telling you what he's done for me. That God, I prayed that the Lord would open up the windows of heaven and he messed around and did that. And then I started grumbling about how I was going to pay a, a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand dollars back to the IRA. I'm sitting there grumbling. I didn't miss no meals. All my bills are paid. Don't help it, man. All my bills are paid. 
Every time my wife says she want to go out to dinner, we go out to dinner. And we don't do McDonald's. We don't really do that. Glory to God. A few days ago, she was just wrestling around. She said, you know what? You know, we, just, we just riding around because we didn't have nothing to do. We're so free. We're just riding around. We were going one place. I said, you know what? Let's go up to Springfield. Let's go up to the catfish house. Yeah? Anybody up into the catfish house? Talk back to me. Somebody said, I don't know what you're talking about. We just on a whim, sister, decided we wanted to do that just because God been that good to us. And I was sitting around grumbling over having to pay the IRS. And I asked God, I prayed to God that God would, would open up the windows of heaven and bless us. And when he's done it, I'm sitting around complaining because I'm about to give a little something back somewhere. All through December, I grumbled. My wife is my witness. I said, oh, we're going to give. We're going to pay. January rolled around. I'm, I'm getting worse and worse. I'm telling off on myself. January, I was already saying, I just don't know how we're going to get around this thing. <laughs> February rolled around, and it was time to talk to the consultant. I'm going to preach you in a minute. This is just me. <laughs> February rolled around, and we, I said, well, we've got to make this call to the tax consultant. And so we did. We got a very gracious lady, a woman of God. Gave her all our information, and she just works with us and, and uh, started dealing with it. And uh, after we gave all the information, I went home. I was still grumbling. Oh, Lord, going to have to write this check. I already know. <laughs> brother, I just know I was going to have to write one. I, I like you, brother. And, and, and I'm just sitting there, man. Just my wife, my wife, she was saying, well, maybe. I done mess around, talked her into grumbling. I was just sitting around there grumbling, complaining about writing a check. And then the night that the tax consultant, she didn't call us in the office, she calls us. She said, hey, it's me. I want to talk to you. And she had made a little mistake. So you got to watch your tax consultant. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm not preaching yet. <laughs> she had made a little mistake, just a little one. But the little mistake magnified what I'd been believing that I was going to have to pay. And I was not in the room because I didn't want to hear it. And my wife was having to deal with it, brethren. And I heard her call me. She said, I'm, we got the final result. I, I come out of the bedroom. I was, she said, I'm telling the truth. She know I am. And she said, uh, the lady, I heard the lady on, on, on the voice. She said, well, you're going to have to pay. I said, I didn't even want to hear the amount. It, it, wasn't but, it wasn't but about 20 minutes of just pleasantry, of just sitting there talking with a consultant, and we weren't begging or, or trying to make nothing change. All of a sudden, my wife made one statement to the consultant that we had forgotten to tell her. She saw it. She said, hold up. When I heard the word hold up, I came out. <laughs> so I came out. I came out, man. She said, oh, you guys are not going to pay. You're going to get some money back. I started shouting. I started praising God. I started leaping. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Listen, but I've got to repent because I should have been leaping even if I had to pay. 
because I prayed that the Lord would open up the windows of heaven and grace us with the financial ability to live and God did it and I'm grumbling over giving a little something back come on church I've got to tell what he's done for me not complain about it he never blessed me to complain about what he's done for me I, I love it when he overwhelms me I, I, I praise God when my ba- bushel basket is running over. But when I got to dip in that basket and give back, man, he's been good to me. And I surmise he's been good to you too. Say amen. amen. I, now, I, I just need a little bit loud. I asked the sound man for volume. I need a bit more volume from you. I surmise he's been good to you. Amen. Glory to God. I heard you that time. Keep that volume level about right there. This is Paul's testimony to a young man. And that's, that's what I've come here today, to give a testimony. Not necessarily about myself, but according to what the apostle was trying to get us to see. Paul was telling his young protege, Pastor Granger, he says, look, I thank Christ, Jesus, my Lord, who enabled me. Now, I got to teach for a minute, and then we'll preach, I promise. I'm going to ask that that. that E flatten when I do this. He said, I thank my Lord Jesus Christ who enabled me, that he counted me, that, that, that the Lord looked at my life and he, and, and he made an assessment of my life and he counted me. According to everything I understand in scripture and theology, that word counting means that he, he really looked at my good and my bad. And, and, and believe it or not, my bad was far outweighing my good on the scale. I had more bad than I did good in my life. But I thank my God, can I get one witness? That when he looked at my life, and maybe he looked at your life, he, he made an accounting that, that I, was, I was still worthy. That in spite of all the bad that was in my life, and all the things that I'd done and, and thought I'd got away with, but you don't get away with anything with the Lord. He has all seeing eyes and, and you may get away with your wife. You may get away with your neighbor. You may get away with your mom and your dad, but you won't get away with the Lord. One day we'll stand before God and give an account of the deeds done in our bodies, whether they're good or whether they're bad. It doesn't matter. God's got an accounting system that doesn't, doesn't do like my tax consultant. They won't miss something. God's jotting down everything we're doing. Paul said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I'm so thankful that God has accounted me, has counted me worthy. I don't deserve, if you look back over my life, I don't deserve to be standing up here in this gracious place right here. I don't deserve. But tell your neighbor, said, thank God for grace. When I look back over my life, my brothers and sisters, I don't deserve to be here. But thank God for grace. Thank God for the unmerited favor that God says you don't deserve it, but I'm going to count it to you anyway. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do something in your life that will balance out the scales. When I, when I, when I couldn't do it, when I wasn't worthy, and maybe you were not worthy, God put his hands on the scales one day. And God adjusted the scales in our favor. That's the reason why the church ought to be so happy that the church ought to be making a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Y'all be lifting up holy hands. Y'all be praising God with everything you got in you. Y'all be doing crazy praise. Somebody said, well, I just don't do it that way. 
But man, if he's healed you from cancer, like he's done for me, if he's delivered you, if you ever di- have had a diagnosis of cancer in your life and the Lord did it and he brought you through it and, and you're clear and every time you go get your assessment, they say, you're still clear? Hey, somebody help me, Holy Ghost. Don't sit in here. Don't sit in here and act like the Lord haven't done anything for you. Larry talked about us having seven children. I had seven children in hard times. That they were just stair-step children. That my wife literally quit her job because she needed to be a full-time mom. Had no choice. Because we had babies and, 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 and toddlers and, and something else and, and bad and something else and bad and something else. And my wife had to stay there. And I had to work. Didn't have any choice. We sacrificed one income because the Lord blessed us with children. See, that's the way it is. When, when, when he blesses you with something, you got to give something back. Come on, church of the living God. Are you still in there? Come on, abundant life. Are you still here with me? I'm preaching to you like I preach at the 11 o'clock hour in a few minutes. I'm trying to tell you, you got to give God what he deserves. Don't just bless him when it's good for you. Bless him when it's not good for you. Bless him in the midst of the sacrifices you'll have to make. Man, we raised those seven children in a time where it just wasn't. We, I, sometimes I step back now and we just talk about it and say, how did we do it? How in the world did we do it? And at and, and the bottom line, when you draw the line, you say, let's figure this thing out. How we did it. It comes up the same way every time. Wasn't anybody but Jesus. Wasn't anybody but Almighty God. He kept food on our table. He, he kept me healthy where I could work. See, 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 so many things we're so, we're so ungrateful for, ungrateful for, we're just taking it for granted because we just think God's going to do it. What if he didn't do it one morning? I bet you'd get on those knees then. What if he held you out just a little longer and got you in an uncomfortable position and held you out there to the point where you didn't have any choice but to call on his name? I bet you when he, when he did say this right here, I bet you'd come out screaming and hollering. Talk back to me if you can. That's what he's done for me. That's what he's done for me. Wait, has, he, has he done anything for you? Come on. Now, wait, wait, wait. Sound man, turn that volume up. Has he done anything for me and you? Yes, he has, sis. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Paul said, I, I, I count. I, I'm grateful. He said, that, then, then Paul stops going back over his life just like I did. Paul said, I was a blasphemer. I, I was right there when they were stoning a young man. I was taught how to be a blasphemer. I thought I really didn't know God. And that's the problem with the modern day church. That sometimes we've got to challenge people. And I know people like Pastor Larry and, and hopefully me, if I can preach any kind of way at all, that, that when we challenge you, don't get mad at us when we challenge you. When we call you out of stuff. When we challenge you to go up a little higher. When you're getting complacent in your living and, and somebody said, hey, you sitting right there. And the young man, I don't know you and don't get mad at me. Dad, don't, don't get mad at me. But when they challenge you, get your little books. Get your little books, come on. Get your little books, come on. Here. And when they challenge you, to, come on up here. Come on up here. Come right on up here and sit down up here with the preachers. When you get challenged sometimes, it's uncomfortable. I can tell you right now, he's sweating bullets. And mom and dad may be sweating bullets too. They try to figure out what is he gonna do? They don't, he don't know him like we know him. He can't, boy, capable of doing anything. 
but you don't know what God's up to in his life. You know the plan, the Bible says you don't know the plans God has for this young man, but the Lord does. And that's what he's doing for us. So you, if you're uncomfortable, you can go back, baby. Or you can stay there if you want to. Glory to God. Listen, Paul said, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I injured folk. Paul said, man, when I look back over my life, Timothy, man, I was a mess. He said, and then that big, beautiful word, B-U-T, which is a conjunction, says, but. Oh, everybody in here, any Christians in the house? Glory to God. Glory to God for the Christians. Let me tell you something. If you just said you're a Christian, you got a butt somewhere right behind you. You know why I can say that? Because we've all got a past. We all probably got away with some things we thought we were free and clear of, but knew we'd have to stand in judgment one day. But God. Paul said, but all, after I did all those things, he said, but I obtained mercy. Paul said, I know I didn't deserve it. Mercy says, you did it. And you're guilty. And you should be judged by what you've done. That's what mercy says. But mercy steps in and says, in, in spite of what you've done, I forgive you. I'm not going to charge it to you. I'm not going to count it to your account. I'm going I'm to remove that thing. There's no question about whether you did it or not. You're guilty. You did it. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, all of us would stand before God and be declared guilty. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Can I get one witness? I'm about ready for that E flat now, brother. If you don't give it to me, I'll make my own E flat here. Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory. Hallelujah to his name. Paul goes on to say, and grace and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave it, he didn't give me grace. For kind of life I lived, proud of getting saved, he was exceedingly kind to me. I mean, he was overwhelming. But now, before you judge me, just look back over your life. Just think about the things that you, you've got in the back of your life that's covered by the blood and covered by the grace and covered by the mercy. If it had not been for the Lord Jesus, who's on our side, y'all, we all know what would happen. Amen. There is therefore, Paul said, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after flesh, but after the Spirit. For the Lord of the liberty of the Spirit that made us free in Christ Jesus. For what the law couldn't do. Just, just go into church and try to act like we're all right. Knowing that God knows us better than we know ourselves. You can't, you can't live a legalistic life and be a Christian. you got to constantly find yourself at the altar sometime, asking the Lord, Lord, I've done some things. Our, our altars got more dust and dirt on them than our homes do. We spend week, well, every week going over our furniture just dusting, lemon pledging and just dusting. And up here, if you ain't careful in the modern day church, it's more dusting up here because it's not getting used enough. We, we waltz in the building to act like we, we don't need to c- come to the altar for nothing. When, when the altar call comes out, we're just waiting for sinners. You're you going to play that card? Well, what you've been thinking, what you've been tinkering with, you're going to play that card up in the house? Shouldn't be too many Sundays. You shouldn't find yourself at the altar just seeking God. You ain't got to tell everybody what you've done. Just gotta come tell Jesus. Glory to God. I'm just about done here. 
got my E flinch, but it's coming. He says, Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world, saved people like us. He did a good job, didn't he? Did he do a good job? He did a good job. I'm telling you, you won't give him no credit, but I'm going to give him credit. He, he did a wonderful, wonderful work in my life. Hallelujah. Because I, I know who I was. No, no, no sense of me trying to say, well, I know this sister. Now, she, she won't get mad because she greeted me earlier. So I know she's got a good greeting. She's got a great spirit. So she won't get mad at me. Now, the Bible says, stop comparing yourself with other folk. Because that's not the measuring stick that you need to use. You need to lay your life down beside Jesus Christ. And every one of us will come up short. Now, if I lay my life down beside this sister, or she lays her life down beside me, well, I might be living raggedy enough that she can feel real good about how she's living and think she can get... <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a witness? But church folks, you got to stop comparing yourself. Well, you, you know, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, and, and you know, they... You know, come on, man. We all have sinned. Don't lay yourself down beside no church member. They're not good enough to have life laid down beside them. But there is one in our midst. And his name is Jesus Christ. Now can I get a witness? And his name is Jesus Christ. And he's worthy of all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. To him be glory and honor forever and ever and ever. Throughout the world, world without end. Say amen. Glory to God. That's, who, that's, that's the one. That's why I, I line myself to him. I'm coming short every time. I'll always be short. But because he loves me, because he's made a way for me, because he's put his arms around me, now when they see me, they don't see I'm so hid now. When they see me, they don't see me. Thank be to God. They see him. Hallelujah. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Talk back to me. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. Paul says it's by the grace of God. That I am what I am. And his grace was not bestowed upon me in vain. In other words, I, I, I'm not going to let the Lord waste his beautiful grace. And me trying to tip in and tip out and play around. And I'm not going to do that. And then run back try to get some grace. I'm not going to do that. He blessed me to get out of some stuff. And I want to stay out of it and make him look good. I'm closing. <laughs> How be it? For this cause, the brother goes right back talking to this young brother again, like the young man, young man. The old man goes back to this young brother and says, how be it? I obtained mercy. When I look back over my life, and I know I've obtained mercy. He says that in the first, that in me first, listen, now, now, now why are you sitting in here? On this beautiful anniversary day. Why, why are you in here? Well, you're in here to give God praise, surely. But you're in here to allow him to continue to hone you, polish you, shape you through the man of God. Through the preaching of the gospel. Through the, through the teaching of, uh, of the pastoral ministry. That, that it, don't come in and go to sleep on the word. Don't sit there. Don't, don't, don't jump and holler on the praise team and go to sleep on the word. 
That's what the modern day church and the praise team. I'm sorry, I got I got to call you out. They they, they, they they love that singing stuff, and it's in every congregation. It doesn't matter what culture it is. Singing is always going to pull us up. Music is always going to pull out stuff. Man, who over that bass player was in here, he was about to make me to go back to the club. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Come on, now, just, just act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I can see Bootsy Collins. Y'all don't know who, somebody said, I don't know who's Bootsy Collins. You don't know who Bootsy Collins is, do you? Yeah, some of y'all do. I can see him in his big hat when, I, when that bass player was up there playing and the only thing distinguished him different, he was singing about Jesus. He, he, he puts a rhyme to that reason, the reason to that rhyme. It's got to be more than notes because notes sound just alike, don't they, Mr. Bass player, wherever you at? Yes, uh, help me, Holy Ghost. If you just get on that bass and you just play it, you'll have church folk up doing it. <laughs> you got to put something that's got a voice to that bass and make sure that there's a distinction there of what you're talking about glory to God just about out of here brother Larry I know I'm past my time you didn't grace me listen I'm, I'm free to go home now it's over he said Paul said why am I here Pastor Granger, why, why, why am I here as a member? Well, I'm here to allow the word of God to settle into the pastoral ministry that I can be polished. I can have some things cut off that need to be cut out of my life. I, I, I can be washed. That, that, that maybe I, I've kind of gotten into some things and I just need to wash it. You know, you know, what, you know, what, you know what Jesus told Peter? Said, said Peter said, I, I need to wash your feet. Peter said, no, you're not washing my feet, Lord. No, I'm, I'm, I'm above that. I never have my Lord wash my feet. Jesus just, just, just gave him a gentle rebuke. He said, now, son, if I don't wash your feet, if you don't allow me to do that, he said, you don't have any part with me because I'm not fooling with a lot of sin and dirt. I've come to set folk free and deliver folk. I've come to wash folk. I didn't come for folk to come dirty and leave dirty. Let me get the volume. I'm sorry, Mr. Man. I just did. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I'm sorry. I apologize. Apologize for that. I won't turn that volume down anymore. I'll keep it up. He says, to be, now, now, what's all that about? So that when I walk out into the parking lot and I get in my automobile and I go back to my community, wherever it's at, that I can, I can, I can be a pattern. Paul says, Timothy, I want to be a pattern. You know what a pattern is. How many of you ladies ever, ever, ever sold in your life? Yeah, 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 yeah. This lady right here, she's, she's a seamstress. I can just look at her and tell you. Listen, you had your own machine maybe at one time in your life? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever remember, you probably was too skilled for that, but I'm sorry if I bring you down. Uh, do, you, do you remember going to some place like Walmart back in the day and when they were selling patterns? And, and y'all know what a pattern is? Uh, say amen if you know what a pattern is. Well, according to my thinking, I'm, I'm no seamstress. I should call her up and let her explain what it is. A, 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 a seamstress will take a, a pre-designed pattern that's already laid out and lay that pattern down on a, a, a piece of cloth and cut that. Am I still right, ma'am? And cut that uh, uh, pattern out on that cloth and when you get through you've got what it is you got the size and you, you've got the, 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 the measurement you, you, you want to know how, how high that skirt's going to go up or oh help me holy ghost or how low that skirt's going to go down <laughs> yeah, come on mothers talk back to me if you can 
most of the mothers in here want the church to go down a little bit. It's amazing how the young folk want them to come up a little bit. The old, old ladies who used to have theirs up, they've worked them back down. Say grace. That's what grace will do to you. Grace will do a lot of things while you try to get your life together. That you'll be able to be a pattern. Where somebody else can come alongside you and you, they can lay their lives down beside you for real. And you'll be an example to somebody in God's house and in the kingdom. Am I, am, am I doing okay, Pastor Larry? Am I making sense, Pastor? Ms. Ann, you ain't getting ready to run me out of here, are you? Glory to God. Bro, you ain't moved yet, man. I th- I'll give you a chance to get ready, man. <laughs> he must, I ain't going nowhere. Okay, I got you. I got you. Listen, when I look back over my life, and I'm closing right now. I am. When I look back over my life, according to what Paul's talking about there, I got to feel like Paul. That, man, God's been good to me. That God's made ways for me. Man, when I look back over that, listen, I just wrote down, oh, God bless you. I'm going to shout right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to shout right now. I'm going to shout right now. I'm shouting. I'm shouting right now, Lord. Glory to God. Listen, when I look back, when I look back, Miss 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 Organist, it's gonna be all right. It's just me and you now. Don't worry about these people. They don't know nothing. It's just me and you. You just do what I tell you to do, and you're gonna be fine here, brother. He, he said, "When I when I when, when yeah 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 hit it hard, Miss Organist. Yeah, get in a, 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 a yeah 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 that, that'll be all right. You you working a little bit now? Go on a little deeper with it. Go on a deeper with it, Miss Organist." Yeah, listen, when I look back over the Bible, the Bible says, if I look back at somebody like old man Moses, when, when Moses was graced of God to come out of Egypt and bring God people out of Egypt, don't you know that when they got down to the place called the Red Sea, now I'm trying to tell you about testimony now. An undeniable thing with God in you. That when it got down to the Red Sea and the people were mad and, and Moses was scared and, and he didn't know what he was going to do. Don't you know that all of a sudden God says, stand still, son, and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, what do you got in your hand? What's in your hand, young man? What's in your hand right now? Put that thing right there in your hand. Put that thing right there in your hand. Put it in your hand. Hold it up. Listen, what's in your hand? That's, that's my preacher right there. What's in your hand? I'm telling you right now, you just got to stretch that thing forward. You've got to lift it up. All the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. When I come on back down to uh, down there in Babylon, and old man Daniel and the, and the Hebrew boys are down there, and Nebuchadnezzar said to those Hebrew boys, listen, if you don't bow down, don't bow, church. Whatever you do, don't bow. You be steadfast and unmovable in the Lord. Those boys trusted God. They said, hey, whatever the situation is, we're going to tell you up front, we're not going to bow down. We're going to maintain our integrity. We're going to do what's right in the Lord. And those boys didn't bow. Don't you know that no matter how hot they heated that furnace up, those boys didn't get burned. They didn't get burned. They didn't get burned, children. They didn't get burned, church of the living God. Let me, let, me, let me bring it forward just a little bit. Glory to God. Y'all ain't saying nothing now. Y'all got quiet on me. Well, volume slipped a little bit. Don't you know that when Jesus was out there and he'd gone over to the other side and the Bible says that all of a sudden when he got ready to come back and folk were saying that they done followed you out here and they're hungry. I'm talking about an undeniable testimony. And Jesus said, what do you got? If folk are hungry, 
quit waiting on uh, Pastor Granger and them to do it. What do you have? What, what, what can you do to help people? What type of ministry are you maintaining to be a support and an extension of abundant life? Quit waiting on the executive board or the, or the deacon board or the elder board. And, and sometimes you already know some things need to be done. You don't have to ask nobody else. Just go do those things because you open up the windows of heaven, Lord, and you poured me out a blessing that I don't have room. And... They fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Y'all still ain't saying nothing. I'm just about out of here. Look here, look here. There was a woman with an issue. I don't never like to say blood because the church can't, you, you, you tied up on blood and church folk can feel good. I just tell you, there was a woman in the building that had an issue. I don't know what her issue was, and I don't know what she was. I remember what mine was. I had an issue. I used to have the audacity to go to church and sit there while the preacher was preaching with a call of God in my life, trying to somewhat get away from it. And I would be thinking all through the service. Golly. Got somewhere else I've got to be. Pastor Granger, now listen, normally he don't go this long. Oh, Pastor Granger done brought this, he done brought this crazy preacher in here. We usually out, but now the, the, all the good spots of the diner are gonna be got. All the all the good buffet food gonna be done ate up. You, you'd be surprised how many church folk. I used to be one of them. Didn't necessarily mind being there, just didn't want to be too long. But what if somebody's getting healed? What if somebody's getting delivered? And what if God's working on a, a testimony in somebody's life that they can say, look what the Lord has done for me this Sunday. Help me, Holy Ghost. That woman crawling around on the ground. You know, it's undignified for a woman to be down crawling around anywhere. But when you get to hurting so bad, crawling won't be so bad if you think you're crawling towards an answer she crawled all the way through a crowd crawled away all the way up to Jesus came in on the back side of the mountain reached down and grabbed the hem of his garment and don't you know that as soon as she touched him virtue flew out of him that's what the modern day church is missing we need virtue to flow out of us and I believe, but in life, you got it right here. I believe that, and I pray that it's over where passing. But listen, we, we've got to put ourselves in a position where we can be touched. We've got to be a pattern. That's what you're doing good, brother. Keep working with that thing. Oh, man, J. Harris. Oh, man, J. Harris. Sometimes you got to lay down all your religion. That'll be a, that'll be a, that'll be a high day. When church folk come out of religion and migrate towards Christ. Religion is one of the most hideous things in this season that we're in. Because we all know how to do something. We all know where we're supposed to be. We all know what we're supposed to be doing. We all know how we're supposed to act. The problem is, if that's done out of a religious spirit, there'll be a change from the time you go out the back door. For, for six days there'll be another lifestyle and then you'll migrate in that same spirit again because you're trying to satisfy and please a bunch of church folk but church folk not who you're supposed to please you're supposed to be almighty God God's the one you're supposed to be pleasing listen Pastor Larry won't be standing uh, on the throne when you stand there saying you're one of the most hardest bullheaded 
And see, I'm, I'm a pastor, like I said. All pastors have hard-headed, bull-headed, goat-type people. All pastors have them. All pastors have goats. Stiff-necked, hard-hearted. All pastors. If you're a pastor, you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you ain't much of a pastor because if you do us right, you're going to be confronted with stiff-necked, hard-hearted, hard-headed. Somebody know more about need to be done than you. I've been doing it for 36 years in pastoral ministry. I'm telling you right now, I done had a bunch of goats come and go. Still got one or two around right now. A lot of them have gone, though. That's, that's the good thing. Without calling any names, a lot of them have gone. And in my closing, you stand up on your feet, please, ma'am, please, sir. Just for a minute. I'm going to let you, I'm going to be done with you. Pastor Larry going to do whatever he's going to do, but I'm going to be done with just a second. I can see what he's done to Paul when Paul was trying to give his testimony to young Timothy. I can see about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can see about Daniel and a den of lions. I can see Peter walking on water when you know all the law of physics says that's not supposed to happen. You don't walk on water. That's not physically feasible. But all things are possible. When Jesus Christ is involved in it, He's developing testimonies. He's developing testimonies. He's developing a thought pattern that gets us off of what we want all the time and how, how, how complaining about IRS checks and all kinds of stupid stuff like that and just praising him and just blessing the Lord. You know, even, even if I wrote the IRS check, my sister, my, my, my praise lead sister, even if I wrote that IRS check and it was four figures, let's just say. I should have had enough sense to know that if I give, it shall be given unto me. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. You know how I know that? Because he's already done it. Already got a pattern in my life where the Lord's already done that. So I say to you, God bless you today. That's what I that's what the Lord told me to share with this group. That's what He's done for me. You gotta answer what He's done for you. You gotta leave this place today and look back over your life. I'm telling you, it's gonna help you. It'll stop all the complaining. It'll stop all of the gimme, 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 and, and be and it'll, it'll convert to thank you, thank you, thank you. It'll change your whole demeanor about how you, you show up in a, in a building like this. You'll show up happy and not mad because you're letting life dictate how you're going to praise God. My praise shouldn't be coming from how the world does me or Satan does me. My praise should come from Almighty God. Amen. So I thank you for the opportunity abundant life to come and be in your presence. Yes, you, I'm done. If you, if you want to clap, that's fine. I thank you for the privilege, my wife, You've been so gracious to us. My friend, my sister, you all are nothing but good friends to us. Glory to God. I love you. I love your pastor. I love your first lady. I don't know if y'all call pastor wife first ladies over here. You, you know, boy, we getting close all the time here. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. We, we've gone from first lady to lady. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Listen, let me tell you something. Thank you, my friend, for the privilege. The opportunity.
to come and stand where the Lord's assigned because he didn't have to do it this is his assignment he was gracious enough to allow me to come and friend I'll never forget it I appreciate you I love you normally I would say if there's anybody want to come but I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that comment to you Amen.